Hello, everyone, and welcome to this podcast from Deloitte's Public Sector Data Leaders Forum and Tech UK. Today, we are talking about data and specifically the sharing of it across government and public services. I'm Ed Roddis, Head of Public Sector Research at Deloitte, and I'm joined today by Amy Reid, who is Director of Data and Digital for the Metropolitan Police. Amy, welcome. Thank you. Great to be here. So this is one of a series of podcasts that Deloitte and Tech UK are producing to talk about data in the public sector. We're covering its economic value, the skills and capabilities needed to make best use of it, and today, the issue of sharing data. For each of these podcasts, we'll hear from a member of the Public Sector Data Leaders Forum. That's a group that Deloitte has helped establish with data leaders across government as a platform for discussion and sharing. So Amy, at the risk of embarrassing you, you've got an incredible reputation for your work at the Met Police. Tell us a bit about your job. Thanks, Ed. And that's very kind of you to say, because um, I enjoy my job so much that I don't really think about whether we've got a re good reputation or not. But my role is um, I'm the director of data, and that covers the whole gambit of everything we want to do with data in terms of our ambition from analytics through to the data protection officer and how we ensure compliance and the management of people's privacy rights out there in London and the wider UK, but also the management of data. And essentially, my role is about introducing the cultural change that's required in terms of the way that your whole organization sees data as a valuable asset. We've got a Met Direction strategy where the commissioner is absolutely committed to becoming data enabled into the future. And that is my mission, to take us from somewhere where we're very good at looking after people, but we also need to be very good at looking after data. And it's a privilege to do that role and serve the officers and the people of London um, with an incredible asset that currently is underutilised and has got so much potential. Brilliant. And you've been there 20 years, starting as an intelligence analyst, and you're known for setting up the first data office in policing. What was that? So, yeah, that is essentially the way we will start to look after that valuable asset of data. So most organisations um, in the public sector will have a very strong human resources capability or a finance department that looks after the money and looks after the people. The data office is essentially the place that looks after and provides the framework of how we process data from collection through to use, through to management of it to get best value out of it for good decision making by police officers and the, all the way up to the commissioner. OK, so so let's dig into to data sharing then. Can I ask you a couple of questions straight off the bat to set the scene for this conversation? Because first of all, if you say to anyone government data or policing data, it makes a lot of people think about sensitive data, about personal material. Is that always the case? I mean, what's the data that we're talking about? No, it absolutely isn't. Although, you know, um, imagining that you work in the born identity is probably where most people think we are from watching television, but that's absolutely not the case. To be honest, at the, at the very forefront of how government and policing in particular deal with data or think about data, it's actually about what we do on behalf of the public. So, so our data can be everything from um, pe people calling in with a, with a crime in action or people giving us their details and wanting to become a witness, giving us statements through to what we collect through body worn video and how we use that to prevent and um, apprehend offending. But I think there are elements of what we do that are about evidence, about sensitive intelligence collection and the use of very covert techniques. But the majority of what policing and wider government do with data is about what, what people consent to give them to use to enable to keep them either safe or if it's the NHS well, 
or if it's um, the Department of Work and Pensions to making sure they get the right benefit at the right time. So actually, it's much more about making sure what we collect is maintains for the policing perspective, maintains legitimacy and trust of the public and making sure it's open and transparent with what we collect and what we do with it as possible. And actually, data is in the government is moving far more towards interoperability to enable public safety and support than it ever has before. And, and the other uh, unashamedly layman question that I wanted to, to ask you is how digital is an organisation like the Met Police or the public sector more widely in terms of its data? I mean, is everything held on servers? Is everything held in the cloud or are there still massive filing cabinets? So I would say and my experience of wider um, data management in government is more is more limited. What we're learning through the Public Data Leaders Forum actually is that there's a range of answers to that. But in terms of policing, I would say we've got all three. So Metropolitan Police has been set up since 1829. There is an inevitable large amount of paper records and files that for evidential and inquiry purposes, we do still keep. But data is also exhibits. It's the things that we seize from criminal cases. And if those go unresolved, they're also physical entities that we have to look after and make sure that in the future we could reprocess those as DNA techniques and other things come on board. But we are also using servers. The Metropolitan Police itself is moving far more towards a cloud-based system, as are other law enforcement agencies. So it's a, it might be a layman's question, but genuinely it's a mixed media right now. We're really in a big transition in terms of going from all physical records and pocketbooks all the way through to mobile devices and recording things in the cloud. Okay, so, so let's dig into the matter at hand then, data sharing. Why does data sharing matter? Why is it important? It's absolutely critical, I think, for three reasons. Firstly, because it enables proper insight into what's actually happening out there in the public so that we can discharge our responsibilities in law enforcement in terms of prevention or apprehending offenders, in terms of wider public sector, in terms of really understanding where support is needed and how to give the best support. If you only work on the data that you collect, you're only getting part of the picture. So sharing for insight is absolutely critical. Sharing to make sure we can manage risk is the second one. And I know that that's the flip side of having the insight. But if, if we don't really understand where the risk lies, the, then the decisions we make and the actions we take could be the wrong ones or could not necessarily discharge what we need to happen um, as well as it should do. And finally, I think the third thing for me about why it's so important is because collaboration is critical. It's absolutely critical in terms of how government enables data to be shared in a fluid way. And I think we're only really, since Data Protection Act 2018, really realizing the power of that. Uh, and COVID's been a great example and un unlocking some of it, to be honest with you. But interoperability and having set standards and making sure the tech we purchase really can make that sharing agile is now really on the radar with people. Okay, so there's an efficiency element and there's a doing better for the public element to it all. So, so could you give us an example, is that possible, of where data has been shared across government and, and what the outcome of that was? Yes, I think the most recent obvious example is through COVID. So data sharing, I should say, to set context, is one of those things that people see as a real barrier to getting things done. And that's largely about our immaturity of our understanding of where data sharing can really make a difference. And that's not to be pejorative on those areas that are doing that well. But during COVID, as different public sector organisations with the Joint Biometrics Centre, we really had to pull together to understand what did each of us know about what was happening in terms of COVID 
to then really understand how to deploy support, make sure we created the right applications to get um, data to people in the right way quickly, and also to unlock the speed. The speed of, we managed to do things in 48 hours that in previous times yeah. might have taken four or five months. And that has opened our eyes to the potential of that, really. So COVID has been the best example, I think. And will there be a legacy? I mean, will, will, will the public sector kind of retract to where it was pre-COVID or will there be lessons that will, will have been learned and, and taken forward? Oh, I don't think it will retract at all. I think, it, I think if it's done anything, it's shone a light on the most important area that has been neglected, in my opinion, in public sector delivery. And that is about data itself. Who yeah. manages it, who understands it, who knows how to share it, who understands what we've even got, and what the potential and the power of that is. Getting organisations to talk about data as a business imperative has been a really, really important lesson to be learned from COVID. And I think we're going to reap the rewards of that. So, so the benefits uh, are self-evident then. You're saying more efficient, you're saying more centred around the public, bits of the public sector joining up. Uh, so self-evidently important, if not vital. But why are we having a conversation then about data sharing? What, why is this an issue? Because we've not evangelised enough about it. We haven't got enough people on board. Um, so I think, again, I've really, I've been thinking about this a lot, partly because data sharing has got so much potential to do good for all the reasons we've already talked about. But why does it not? And I think, again, it comes down to three or four things. And the first one is maturity and our maturity of understanding of the legislation and how to deploy it. And that's despite the fact that the regulator has actually put out some really brilliant guidance in this area mm -hmm. recently. But our maturity as organisations outside of people who are data professionals really getting to grips with how important data is and thus data sharing. And they're relatively immature in, in terms of their understanding of that, I would say. And that's not just law enforcement. That's just across government. There's 100 things to think about. You're adding data to the list now and it's yeah. quite complicated. But so maturity and understanding is, is the first one. I think the perception that it's boring, it's disabling, it puts barriers in the way. There's a real perception of that. And I honestly think that's linked to the immaturity of our understanding. So in policing terms, when we brought Ripper in back in the early 2000s, people didn't see the need to fill out authorizations. Why would I need to fill out an authorization to ask somebody to talk to me on the quiet about where crime might be happening? Because it's really effective. I just go down the road and speak to Jim. Well, actually, no, you need some laws around that and you need to justify why you need to do that. That probably felt burdensome. There's no way now in 2021 a police officer wouldn't take pride in writing an authorization to get such an authorization passed and they wouldn't hand it in of a low quality. And I think that's just where we are in terms of maturity and thus the perception we need to change about data sharing. And I think the final one for me is skills. And the barrier is the skills of the people who can help you do this. So for me, that's data professionals. You need skills in the business to break down the perception and increase the maturity. But you also need enough people, a critical mass of people who can advise and shape. And I yep. think that's a career, that, a, a career group of professionals we've neglected entirely and we haven't built structures for and we haven't built continuous professional development for. And that's what the Public Data Leaders Forum is also starting to talk about. Because once you've got the critical mass, You've got enough people to help businesses really understand and organisations really understand how to unlock data sharing. Brilliant. We may come back to that, but skills and capabilities is a podcast for another day, <laughs> I suspect. But let's, I mean, you, you talked about public perceptions and data uh, a, moment, a moment ago, and I did some research a few years back that concluded the public are actually a bit more comfortable 
with the public sector using their data and sharing their data than any other sector. What's your take on public perceptions? So I would say the public are incredibly supportive about how public sector use their data. I think there's probably nuances within that. So people are very happy to talk to their GPs and their GPs know everything about them, provided that's kept in confidence and not, and not shared more broadly. But at the same time, in terms of law enforcement, we've got really good data, actually, to show that the public are incredibly supportive here. So 97% on average of people that are surveyed would you be willing to share a contact the police if some if you needed to? You know, 97% of people will say yes. People want to contact us. They want us, you know, to be involved in their lives if it's sometimes they're at their most critical point. So it's not that they're unwilling to contact us. And about 70, 80% will say that they trust us to do a good job. And if you link that through to what we do with data, real practical example around facial recognition, a quite a really complex and new technique that people might feel concerned about actually we've got about 80 percent of people are really happy that in yeah. many serious and organized crime and terrorist situations that we would deploy that technique and so i think the public are very supportive about what we do with data i think our challenge is to make sure we keep the narrative simple and clear about what we are continuing to do with that so that we don't yeah. get confusion and also that we, you know, that the polarised opinions, which there will always be about the way policing and probably government works with data, you know, there will always be that. And we need that debate. It's absolutely critical for freedom of speech. But the, the majority of the public are somewhere in the middle, very supportive about what we do. Absolutely. I mean, the survey that I did concluded that people were more supportive if you explained as crisply as possible why you were using the data, what you were going to do for it, what the benefits were to them, and then they were totally um, behind it. Do you think it's a bit of a myth then that the, the public don't want their data shared? Because the evidence seems to suggest otherwise, doesn't it? Yeah, I think in most cases, provided people understand why you're sharing and what you're sharing for, particularly if it's to keep the wider public or wider community safe and individually to help them resolve um, for us criminal issues, I think people are really happy that things are shared. And obviously there are already mechanisms for us to do that. And we're held to account for that by regulators. So yeah, I think it is a bit of a misnomer, but there will always be a polarized view when a new capability yeah. or a new technique or you, know, you start talking about machine learning or automated decision-making, I can see how that can generate concern because it's a difficult thing to explain. Sure, because if I speak personally uh, with, with this, I'm pretty comfortable with public bodies sharing my data and using my data. But I would expect there to be some governance in place. I would expect there to be some accountability in place. Do you think we've we've got there yet? Are there good safeguards in the public sector? I think the safeguards are really strong in the sense of it's, it, there's good legislation and good guidance from the regulator about how we do apply that. And also from, from their point of view about how they explain to the public how they hold us to account. Do you think there's a political or cultural dimension to this? I mean, in, in terms of the UK and how we see civil liberties, are, are we are we more concerned than other countries? I mean, you, you do hear about countries about around the world with different governments that are perhaps a bit more gung-ho in terms of civil liberties. Uh, do you think that does hold us back? No, I don't think it does. I think we've got, I think we've got good safeguards and we do... It's certainly not pandering to, to civil liberties. I think it's absolutely right that that spectrum of debate is there. 
I think it, I think we've got the balance right in terms of um, our own data adequacy and how we reassure the public and civil libertarian groups that we do what we need to do well and we can do that with good oversight from the regulator. I wouldn't want to be one of those countries that, that can do anything yeah. it likes with people's data. I think that's a road to nowhere. I do think there is a real need to have a proper conversation with the public about how public sector organisations should be joining those data sets together for the greater good of how we look after the citizen from, yep. from, from cradle all the way through to grave. Now, whether they touch the criminal justice system is another matter because most people won't in terms of offending. But in terms of sharing to really understand how to best support the public, we would really benefit from sharing more and being able to share more confidently without it feeling like Big Brother. So, so you've been part of a working group to establish a data sharing toolkit for government. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, so firstly, it's really exciting. I've never worked with such a passionate, collaborative group of people. And I don't know if it's because we're all at the same place at the same time in terms of data becoming one of those assets people are really investing in. But people are really keen and they're passionate about data and making best use of it um, and making best use of what we already collect, never mind looking to collect vast amounts more. Um, but it gives us a professional voice as a data body. And it's been really, really fantastic. What the working group on data sharing has done is really think about what do we need to better discharge our missions in terms of our different organizations, but also how we explain to the public what we're doing and what we can achieve. So we've only had a couple of meetings, but we've already decided that the things we want to focus on are really creating a data catalog. So actually understanding across government, what data are we already collecting at a metadata level? I don't need personal data, but what does that, what does that data do? How could it be used? And if you want to deploy it for insight, who do you need to get hold of on? How do you justify that? So a data catalogue across government to understand that. The second one is to really be quick and slick about sharing case studies where things have worked well mm -hmm. and where they haven't, what we learned about that. And there's some great examples coming through in there. And I think showing the value of those case studies, yep. you know, it's not sharing for sharing's sake. It's what did we get out of it? What value and benefit did we bring by doing it? And the final one is, I suppose, the what does good look like in the end? That to me is a map of the data estate across government. So what do we hold? What does it do and what is it about? What's the level of quality of that data? Because there's no point deploying analytics capabilities on data that is of poor quality because you will get what libertarians worry about, which is biased outcomes from the data that's held. And we've got to improve data quality. It's my passion. And also privacy considerations can then be put across all the data sets and also understanding what the purpose for collection was in the first place. So, so by creating the data estate, what you're doing is showing to the, the public and wider government what you've already got and how you're collecting it and how it could be used. And most importantly for this podcast, how it could be shared to best effect. Now, you've said what good looks like. You're talking about now and, you know, in, in the short term horizon. But what could good look like in, say, 10 years? Because... For, for, for about the last decade, you know, we've been we've been talking with increasing volume about data in government and the public sector. If you look at the stuff that Cabinet Office Minister Michael Gove's been talking about for the last couple of years, he's definitely looking at it in terms of the civil service and the centre of government. But where could this take us in 10 years' time? So I think this could take us to a place where we are really and truly interoperable across government that we can work at speed, at pace, in, and share resources such as analysts, anal analytics, 
in terms of joint narrative about what we're doing. And I think it really puts us in a place where we're able to understand where we can join together in terms of our service delivery to achieve whatever it is we're seeking to achieve. So from our point of view, crime prevention is the most critical mission of policing. But there are so many other bodies who can help us. And if we're able to have a coalesce around data that we share and understand whether that's an individual, whether that's groups, whether that's communities, whether that's a theme and a trend in what we're seeing, talking about that with a single version of the truth to key partners in a way that everybody understands to then generate an action or a response to that is absolutely critical. And you could say, well, don't we do that now? And yes, we do, but it's quite clunky because every organization has never invested in data, it's invested in tech. And what that means is they bought systems or technologies that they're locked into contractually for a period of time that makes interoperability really, really difficult. And data sharing is a way of getting around that and actually focusing on achieving insight with data rather than worrying about the technology spend. We, we spoke at the top of this podcast about skills and capabilities, and we, and we have got another podcast coming up on that. But, but can you bring it to life for us? Are you able to get the kind of skills that you need to deliver in the Met? So yes and no. And I'll explain my answer why I say both those things. So mm-hmm. There will always be applicants for data and digital roles in in the Metropolitan Police Service because people are absolutely bought into the public ethic and the mission of it. So we will get people who just want to come and do work for the people of London, and it will be the same across wider law enforcement. Getting people to leave data jobs in the private sector to come and do that on the pay that we're able to offer is far more challenging. So we need people who can balance um, mission and money. And that genuinely is a problem. And what the Data Leaders Forum is seeking to do is at least to align roles and career pathways and development opportunities for data professionals who come into public sector to keep the mission element of that really attractive and also not compete and drag across different pools. But retain talent in public sector is something we're looking at. That is a, that's the challenge. It's competing at the moment because data is everything, but you can get paid you know, more money to go and work for a private company. But yeah. they can't offer you, they will never be able to offer you the absolute satisfaction that you get from knowing that because you did your job well, for me, 35,000 police officers in London could be in the right place at the right time making good decisions. Exactly. It's, a, it's impact, isn't it? Amy, as we wrap up, can I throw one more tricky question at you? which is what should government do to accelerate this, to move ahead on how government departments and our public services use and share data? What what would the game changers be? So the game changers for me across government and externally, so what they could do is, is change the narrative, and they are starting to do with the, this with the national data strategy, but it's got to follow through with investment, is change the narrative from tech and digital to data because it all starts with the data and what's collected. And whilst the narrative is about technology, the spend will be technology focused and the programs will be technology focused. And data is a far more long-term build that you need to keep as your business as usual. And technology starts middles and ends, you know, until you need to replace the tech again. So that for me is the key narrative change that's needed, but it needs to be underpinned with investment. In terms of internally and across government, and this is what the Public Data Leaders Forum is seeking to do, 
in terms of our advocacy is look at data professionalization, following through with the regulator and making sure that when we when we can when, when the regulator asks us to do something that we've actually got the resources to then respond mm-hmm. because we might make mistakes and we might need to have action plans or we might be threatened with enforcement but if you've only got four people who can deal with deal with 800 dpias for instance or 700 data sharing agreements you are never going to be able to get up to scratch so investment in the people and the skills is really really critical Amy, thank you. This has been a brilliant conversation. And thank you all for listening. If you want to know more about the Data Leaders Forum that Deloitte has helped convene, search online for Deloitte Public Sector Data Leaders Forum. For now, thanks again to Amy, and I'll see you all next time. 